You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, It's mid-October, and you know what that means. That means Halloween is coming, and I'm going to beat a deceased horse that I like to beat annually, which is sexy, sexy Halloween costumes. A lot of my friends on the left have a problem with sexy, sexy Halloween costumes. I think it's sexist, sexist. And you go to the store, and there's the sexy nurse and the sexy doctor. And, of course, the sexy nurse costume is always more revealing than the sexy doctor costume. But nowhere is it written that a guy can't wear the revealing sexy nurse costume, for the record. And people go on and on about, you know, what it means. And now I'm going to reach back to June when the gay pride parades were happening. And a lot of straight people say when gay pride parade come around and, you know, the flatbed trucks go by with the dancing go-go boys in their underwear and a lot of gay people in crazy outfits and costumes parading around in the streets. Straight people will say, we don't have a straight pride parade. Why do you have to have a gay pride parade? And my response is always, you don't have a straight pride parade and you need one. You need to have a moment where you can go out in public and really celebrate your sexuality as straight people. And a lot of cultures have it. Carnival in Brazil, fashion in Germany. We really don't have it here. You know, there's been attempts to get Mardi Gras off the ground here and there outside of New Orleans. And really, what is Mardi Gras but a decadent straight pride parade? Show me your tits. Like, what is that all about? But what is happening, what's emerging is Halloween as the straight pride parade where straight people go out and still gay people go out, but straight people in ever greater numbers. And there are much greater numbers of straight people generally than there are of gay people go out on Halloween in crazy ass revealing costumes. And they live their sexuality a little bit in public and they have fun and they get drunk and they show off and it's all really healthy. So all my friends, all my sex negative, subconsciously sex negative, perhaps friends on the left who have a problem with sexy, sexy Halloween, shut the fuck up. Straight people need it. They need a moment where they can let it all hang loose in public, just like we've got gay pride. They need straight pride without it being understood as straight pride means being anti-gay. Straight pride means they should have as much fun with their sexuality and their bodies and their lives as we've given ourselves as gays permission to have with our own. So Halloween is coming up. Think about what you're going to wear. Straight people, when you go to your straight pride parade this Halloween through the straight clubs and bars in every city in this country. Your call's in a minute. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. I'm a 20-year-old college student. Um, about six months ago, I lost my virginity. Um, I was really, really drunk, and I don't remember very much about it. But I do remember that when he asked me if I wanted to have sex, I said yes. And then next thing I remember is that um, when he got off of me, I just grabbed my clothes, and then I ran out. Um, when I got back to my dorm room, um, I was... Really, I was, like, visibly upset, so my roommates asked me what was wrong, and then I told them that I was late, and they were really nice. They made sure that I went to the doctor next day because I didn't know if he used protection or not. Um, But now the problem is that the guilt of 
saying that I was raped is sort of eating me alive. Um, because, like, I gave consent, so it wasn't a rape. But I was so ashamed that um, people would judge me for what happened, you know, that I, I said that it was a rape. And I, you know, it's affecting me um, so much. Like, I've lost all my guy friends because I just can't stand to be around them. Um, I can't look at people in the eyes because I feel like they're going to look at me and they're going to know that I'm, like, a tramp or, you know, or someone who can't own up to her words and I you know like I can't I can't stand to be touched like it just freaks me out you know when my own mother tries to like hug me so um yeah I don't really know what to do I don't know if the best thing would be to fess up and say that I was that I wasn't raped or I don't know like how to go from here I'm really sorry about what you're going through It sounds awful. We need to separate these two things, though. You're going through really two things, and you need to separate them out. You need to make your feelings about these two separate issues distinct. First, there's the guilt of perhaps falsely accusing uh, this person of rape. And you don't say whether he's being prosecuted or anybody went to the police, but clearly you feel some conflict about mislabeling this experience as rape. And then there's how you're experiencing it emotionally. And you are, you know, regardless of whether you gave consent in the moment when you were drunk, you are experiencing this emotionally as a rape. You are reacting to what happened, independent of drunk, not drunk, consent granted, not granted. You are reacting to what happened as a sexual assault victim, really. The inability to deal with your male friends, the, the not being able to trust or, or engage emotionally or physically or, or, or just socially with men. Um, you feel like a tramp. You feel like a slut. You've, you obviously are totally tapped into the whole like slut shame thing uh, that so many rape victims unfairly uh, by the, the culture themselves saddle themselves with. And you can't even be touched by your mother. You can't be hugged. You don't feel like you can be physically intimate with anyone. You need to get help with all of that. You need to allow your, give yourself permission to experience this as a rape, even if you know in your head and admit finally to yourself and others that it wasn't a rape. It occupied this gray area that where the experience left you feeling really violated, raped for all intents and purposes, and you will need all the same support and services that a rape victim would need. But technically, you know that it was a moment that got out of control because of the alcohol, the drinking, and only you know what happened in that moment. Only maybe he knows what happened in that moment. Are you – and you need to ask yourself some tough questions about alcohol and how you react to it and your self-control, which is not to saddle you with any blame for what went on. But we would need to be there in the moment. Are you a high-functioning blackout drunk? Some people are really functional when they're drinking and they lose control, but the people around them can't tell. Did he perceive you as being tipsy but fully conscious and fully in control and up for it 
as many people are when they've had a couple of drinks. And so he isn't really guilty of rape. Or did he prey upon you in a, a weak and vulnerable moment and obtain your consent under conditions where your consent really wasn't worth the breath it was uttered with and took advantage, in which case I would add to your feelings of uh, having been really violated. You can come clean. You can tell people if you want to have a little face-saving white lie, like more of the night is coming back to me. I remember more now. I recall distinctly having given my consent. If you accuse this guy, you need to unaccuse him. You need to exonerate him. You need to take some – and you'll feel better about it. I guarantee you, you'll feel better about it when you take some public responsibility. You will feel better once you start to come clean, once you start to share your truth, which is that you did give consent. You were impaired. Your consent may have not – been valid. He may or may not have been in the wrong, but you can't know. And you add to that, but I still need your support because I, I am actually reacting to this like it was a tremendous sexual violation. And then you need to go tap into the support that's out there for you. Um, not everybody who goes to a rape crisis center is a victim of unambiguous sexual assault, but they feel it as sexual assault. And you need to own it, own those feelings not feel like you're a liar for feeling that way. Your feelings are your feelings. So come clean. Tell your friends, tell the people who've been supporting you and those people will continue to support you that it was grayer, that you are certainly experiencing this as rape. Uh, you're reacting to it as a rape, but you may have granted your consent in an impaired state, uh, and technically, you don't feel comfortable perhaps labeling it as rape, even though you definitely have experienced it as one. And if you, un if you lay it out like that for the people who love and support you, those people are still going to love and support you and help you get through this. And just as a final note, having had a bad sexual experience, having given consent uh, while you're under the influence of alcohol to something you might not have consented to otherwise, these things don't make you a slut. Having had sex that you regret doesn't make you a slut. All of us, men and women, look back at our lives or have experiences that we regret that make us feel bad on the inside. And you're not alone in that, but you have a right to make your own sexual choices and you have a right really – right might not be the right word but you have and will have experiences over the course of your sexual life that leave you feeling ambivalent or fill you with regret and that doesn't make you a bad person. Everybody who's sexually active has had those sorts of experiences and has walked away from them sometimes a little sadder, hopefully a little wiser. But you are not a slut just because you had – sex with someone on impulse and perhaps under the influence of alcohol. You are not a slut. You are a good and decent person who had a very bad experience that you will recover from. Hi, Dan. Um, <clears throat> I'm 35 years old and I've been dating this guy for about three months and it is definitely the best relationship of my life. Um, I'm really, really happy, and before meeting him, uh, I had been single for about three years, and I had kind of convinced myself that I was just never going to find the right guy, and, you know, that maybe one day I would have a baby on my own or something, um, and then I met him, and it's just really been nothing but good. Um, I had that feeling really early on that I'd only heard about before that just told me that, like, he was the one, and then I found out 
this week that I'm pregnant. And um, I was really surprised. (laughs) My initial reaction was that I wanted to have the baby because I've always wanted to have a kid and I know I'll be a good mom. And uh, then I told him about it and his initial reaction was that um, he just did not feel ready at all and that, you know, I, I asked him to please be honest with me and tell me what your gut reaction is. And basically what he said is, you know, I will support you, whatever we decide together, you know, I will support you and I will stand by you. But my gut reaction is that I just don't think it's a good time. I I should add to this whole mess that um, we live in different towns and we've been long distance this whole time. We decided before this ever happened that he was going to move to my town by the end of the year, which means he's got to sell his place and get a job in my town and, you know, completely, you know, have upheaval in his life, which is basically the reason why I think this completely freaks him out. Um, Well, and also the fact that we've only been together for three months and how well can you know someone after three months? Um, so after he told me what he thought, um, it kind of made me have a lot of doubts about what my initial reaction was because, you know, it's true. It's, it is a bad time and it it is really scary. The idea of, of doing something this major with somebody you've known for such a short time. I mean, we haven't had the opportunity to, you know, we've never, not only we've never lived together, we've never gone on vacation together. We've never done all the things that you do as a couple to solidify your relationship, um, and I, you know, I just don't know how to come to a compromise. I mean, by the way, I, you probably, you know, a lot of people will say, well, then why did you have unprotected sex? <laughs> um, if you didn't want to have a baby and, you know, the answer is everybody that I know that's my age, every girl that I know had so much trouble getting pregnant, um, you know, spent years and they had to go through in vitro and, you know, had to test to take their temperature every morning. And, you know, I, I honestly thought that it was going to be really hard for someone my age to get pregnant. Um, and that it, you know, <laughs> that it wouldn't happen by accident. Um, all that being said, I guess my question is, how do you come to a compromise about something that there's no compromise? It's just black and white, you know, Um, I think we both want to do what's best for ourselves and what's best for the other person and what's best for the relationship. And a lot of people have said to me, you have to find out what you want, you know, and and not think about, you have to take him out of the equation. Since you're the one that's going to be pregnant and have the baby, you have to think about what you want. But it's, it's almost impossible for me to take him out of the equation because I'm the happiest I've ever been in this relationship with him. And so the idea that, you know, me making the decision could make him resent the decision or him making the decision could make me resent the decision makes us both really scared. And we've been really honest. We've had a lot of really good talks about it and I feel really good about our communication. But I feel like after all these talks, we're still in the same place where my gut instinct is to have it and his is that it's not a good time and that we could, you know, terminate it and, you know, try again in a year now that we know that it's possible. So, you know, I would just would be interested in your opinion as an unbiased person, just based on my call, what, what you think people should do when they can't really come to a compromise. Do you want to have this baby? Have the baby. I think you should have the baby. And you should stop stressing about the relationship you're going to have with this man. 
if you have the baby and he said he will support you in whatever decision you make, you are going to have a lifelong relationship with this dude, with the father of your child. The only thing that's up in the air is the exact form and shape that that relationship will take. Maybe it, everything will work out and you guys will be together as a couple and as parents and have very long-term, successful, satisfying relationship. And maybe everything will work out and you guys will not be together in a romantic sense, but everything will work out in the sense that you'll be good co-parents and that you'll be there for each other and you'll be there, most importantly, for this kid. You know, people are going to say because you were having unprotected sex, even at your age, and having witnessed what you witnessed in the lives of your friends who had difficulties getting pregnant, that on some level you wanted to get pregnant. And I would say on some level perhaps he wanted to get pregnant too because you weren't the only one there in the room having unprotected sex. He was also making a choice, presuming here that you informed him that you weren't on any birth control, to have unprotected intercourse and risk becoming a father. I know couples, straight couples who got pregnant and got married uh, and, uh, you know, it didn't work out because they were allowing the pregnancy to stampede them into marriage. And I know couples who got pregnant and got married and it worked out because they were right for each other and parenting together helped them bond. You know, we never really know when exactly the right time is. This might be your right time. He might be the right guy. This might be the right kid for you guys. And I think it would be easier for you to live with the fallout and the consequences of having this baby that you clearly want to have than to live with the fallout and consequences of not having this baby and living with regrets, particularly if another opportunity doesn't come your way. Uh, a lot of women were older, uh, at the end, you know, approaching the end TikTok of their childbearing years will have difficulty getting pregnant. So don't presume that because it was easy this time, it'll be easy every time. So I would really encourage you if motherhood is something you pictured for yourself to think twice before you end this pregnancy. Um, and I say that as a total supporter of choice. And there are times on the show when I've encouraged people to have abortions because I think abortions are sometimes the right and reasonable choice. I don't think that's the case here. And again, I would bring it back to him and his actions he also had unprotected intercourse. He may be having cold feet. He may be a little spooked by the fact that you're actually pregnant. But I think consciously or subconsciously, on some level, he also was entertaining the idea of becoming a parent, becoming a parent with you, perhaps. And if he's doing things like selling his house, moving in this economy, moving to where you are so that you guys can be near each other while you have this baby and finding a new job, I think he's his actions are speaking louder than his words. I think he's into this more than maybe he realizes at this point, which is no guarantee that you guys will you know, be together in a romantic sense forever. But at least for now, you guys are together and he's willing to support you in the choice that you made. And you will see where your relationship goes with him. You may be together forever in a romantic sense. You may marry. You may grow old with this man. You will have some sort of connection and he sounds like a good and decent and stand-up guy. So even if your connection with him over the long haul is as co-parents to this child, that sounds good. That sounds good enough for me. That sounds like more than a lot of kids have. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. 
Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hey, Dan. My name is Ruby and I am 35. I have a fluid sexuality. I have a question for you. Um, About five years ago, I was pregnant and had a baby with one of my best gay men friends. At that time, I was uh, with a lesbian, acting all lesbian and all of that. Um, So about five years ago, I had the baby. He really just wanted to be the sperm donor and would be dad from time to time. Um, Things have changed greatly. The ex-woman and I have since broken up. It was essentially going to be our baby, but... Um, she's an asshole and made a lot of bad decisions, and so here I am. I used to live in another state. I moved out of the state to get away from her and all the craziness. Um, since then, the father and I are on great terms. I love him. Everything's great. He lives in the other state, however. He sends me $300 uh, child support every month. And so it just happens to not be enough, and I'm not quite sure how to go about asking for more um, when he really doesn't get to see his child that often, and he's stated in numerous emails and occasions that he really doesn't want to be a father, that he is interested in more of a grandparent-type role. And so I'm just not quite sure how to handle that situation. The ex and why she's out of the picture is that she caused her house to go into foreclosure and screwed with me numerous times. She's since gotten a DUI and had all these issues. And so my child sees her when he's in town, but, you know, really limited interactions. So back to the original question, like, what am I supposed to do? You know, here I am raising this child, paying crazy daycare rates and health insurance, and I can barely get by with what he says. You can go after him. Legally, you could take him to court and ask for more child support. That's the direction in which you want to take this relationship. What matters and what you left out of your call is the agreement that you and he had before he inseminated you. Was this presented to him as you get to be donor dad and you don't have any responsibilities financially or legally for this child? I'm having this child with my girlfriend. You get to be exalted honorary uncle. Dad. But you're not on the hook. If that was your agreement, then you know ethically, you really don't have a leg to stand on. Ethically, despite your girlfriend dicking you around and costing you your house, despite your financial straits, you really shouldn't go after him for more child support than he is offering now out of the goodness of his heart. $300 a month is a lot of money for most everybody. Maybe he's having to scrape to get that much to you. Maybe he already knows the tight spot you're in and he's in a tight spot himself. And he's going without uh, in the interest of this child for which he deserves some credit. But yeah, you can totally go after him for more if you're desperate and this child needs more. And I guarantee that in most states, most courts will side with you in that dispute. You have an option though, of course, before you take anybody to court, before you pursue a legal remedy, which is just talking to this guy and telling him that you're in a really bad way and you hate to do this. But you need to ask him for more child support and see what he says. You know, maybe he's wealthy. Maybe 300 bucks a month is nothing to him and he could double or triple it. So it might not hurt to ask first.
And I would say, in the end, if the child is suffering, that you should go after him, even if it is going to violate the agreement you had at the outset, even if it's ethically the wrong thing to do. You should go after him because the child shouldn't suffer because of the idiot choices and mistakes made by his bio and non-bio parents in this situation. If you're suffering, if it's a matter of you having to live without cable TV yourself or you having to have not the car that you'd like or something trivial like that, then you shouldn't go after him. But if this kid is suffering, then yeah, you have my blessing. Hi, Dan and Tech Savvy at Rescue. Uh, my name's Molly, and I just had kind of a, well, a question pertaining to me, but kind of a general question. Um, Dan, what is your stance on a couple, I guess, uh, people being together when the guy has a very small penis and... Um, I'm pretty flat-chested. I'm just going to start doing first person here. I'm pretty flat-chested, and the guy I've been seeing for, I don't know, a few weeks, a month maybe, very, very small downstairs area. Um, it's just, it's not working for me, and I'm, I know that he's kind of a boob guy. I don't know if it would be extremely selfish or... Uh, superficial or hypocritical even uh, for me to, I don't know, just stop seeing him because um, he's he can't help his size down there, but it's not good enough for me. And I'm wondering if, I'm just wondering if my reasoning is just kind of too selfish. If you're not satisfied with him, break up with him. You don't have to enumerate your reasons. You don't have to send him a telegram. You don't have to tell his friends. You do need to know, though, that women whose partners have micro dicks, as they're sometimes called in the biz, very, very small penises, report higher levels of sexual satisfaction in their LTRs than women whose partners have average to above average size penises. Now, why is that? Well, that is because however big or small a penis might be, a forearm is usually pretty big and a tongue is usually pretty strong. So guys who have small dicks, who've really reconciled themselves with it, who concern themselves with their partner's pleasure, don't rely all the time on their dicks. Their dicks come into play. Their dicks are important to their pleasure and their satisfaction, but they help get their partners off in all sorts of other ways that can be more satisfying because most women require stimulation beyond just getting drilled in order to come. And he can provide you with all that sort of stimulation, provided you're willing to go there. But, you know, if you feel like you knew you needed big dick and you like big dicks and that is kind of a deal breaker for you and you infer that he would rather be with somebody who's got big tits, well, then end it and move on. And he can find a big-chested woman who appreciates his ever hard, never flaccid forearms and fingers and face. And you can find a guy with a nice big fat dick and everyone will be happy. Hi, um, recently broke up with my boyfriend of two years. 
uh, we were engaged. We decided to call off the engagement. And then after we looked at everything, we realized that we didn't really want to get married in the end. And there was really, our relationship wasn't going to go anywhere. We'd just be dating to date for a while. Um, and so we broke up completely um, after breaking off the engagement. Um, everything was mutual. Like we both agreed about it. We both um, weren't very angry at all. Nothing like that. Both very happy with each other still. Want to be friends. Um, the problem is that we live together in a one-bedroom apartment. And it's getting kind of hard to deal with, and I don't know if I should move out or not. He wants to be roommates and switch off nights on the couch in the bed, but I don't quite know if I can do that. I mean, I think that we should separate ways because we're going to have to eventually anyway, and it would be easier for me to move on if I lived in my own space. But he thinks that we could um, remain friends and not have to move out right away and uh, just kind of live together for a little while until we figure things out. Or, like, he's thinking, like, months or maybe, like, a year when I'm thinking two or three weeks before I can get my shit out of here. Um, and we lay down some rules, like, no one's supposed to have sex with other people in the apartment that we share, things like that. But I don't really think that it's going to be such a great idea. I'm not quite sure, and I just need some advice. Um, I'm still trying to deal with the breakup and move on with my life, but... Um, it'll be very hard to move out because everything's so expensive and um, together we live quite comfortably but on my own I would be poor and kind of not destitute but not have um, a great place to live but us together we do have a great place to live so I just need advice you don't need his permission to move out this relationship is over and you get to make your own choices independent of however he feels about anything I think you should move the fuck out already. I think you should give him your two weeks notice, a month's notice, because even if you have to live in a much less glamorous apartment, even if you have to be roommates for a while with somebody else or live on other people's couches, your independence and your freedom and your freedom to bring somebody back to your new place, if that's what you want to do, will be more than worth the trade-off in glamour. Now, you say the breakup was mutual and amicable, and you sound not at all scarred by this recent breakup, which leads me to believe that you dumped him, and you're just being polite when you say that it was totally mutual and amicable, which is what the dump-er often says, while the dumpee is crying into his beer, or her beer. So I see some, perhaps, control issues here. He knows that because you guys have agreed, so long as you're broken up but living in this one-bedroom apartment, not to have anyone back to the apartment that it allows it gives him a lever that he can press that prevents you from really moving on uh, and dating somebody else and having sex with somebody else uh, that may be what's going on underneath all this bullshit about if we live together for a year after breaking up then we will be great friends you can move the right the fuck out and still be great friends what's really going on is he doesn't he's not ready for you to move on sexually or emotionally and you are and so you need to go and you do not need his permission to go hi dan uh, my name is uh rachel um i just wanted to talk to you because i recently met this um guy like a couple months ago uh, i recently moved to philadelphia and um i recently moved to a new city and i met this guy and we've been seeing each other and it's been going really great and um you know, I think that I'm, you know, I'm really falling for him, that I really love him. And uh, I guess I think that he maybe doesn't feel the same way. And obviously, um, you know, that happens a lot. But um, 
I'm just trying not to. I've never felt this way about anybody before. And, uh, and I guess I don't want to come on too strong. Uh, and I don't want to scare him away, obviously. So, uh, the problem is that I think that I'm beginning to sort of test him, getting into little arguments with him. And uh, I don't know why I'm doing this. I guess it's just to see if he'll uh, stick around. And I guess I know that uh, if I keep doing this, he won't. Um, But I don't want to confess to him how I feel because I guess I'm afraid that he obviously won't um, reciprocate as strongly. So... Uh, recently, you know, I've, I've, I've decided obviously to stop um, getting into these stupid squabbles with him. And I've also, uh, you know, I, I just have sort of made a point not to, you know, call him every day or contact him every day. Um, and, you know, try to find my own life and do my own thing uh, just so that we're not... Uh, continuously together, but I guess, I guess I'm wondering if I should tell him how I feel, or, um, if I should just end things all together. You sound like you're in a better mood today. I'm catching you in sort of a better frame of mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, seriously, definitely. <laughs> are you still dating this guy? Yes. Actually, you, we just went out last night. Are you still being a total twat to him? Are you still provoking fights just to see if he really, really likes you and will put up with anything to be with you? Are you doing that? Are you playing games no, like that still? No, I'm not doing that anymore. I only did that like a couple times. And afterwards, I mean, obviously, I was just like, what the heck am I doing? This is so stupid. Those are, called, those are called head games. And guys don't like them. So it's a good yeah. way. It, nobody likes them. Women don't like them. Men don't like them. It's a good way to, you know, if you're wondering if somebody really likes you and you want to put the relationship yeah. to the test, you play a head game and then you ensure that they don't like you because nobody likes to be treated like that. <laughs> Pretty much. So, I, you know, I would encourage you to re-fucking-lax. Because, <laughs> you know, you like the guy and he's willing to see you and go out with you, right? It, yes. it's, it's a good idea to be a little restrained just so you don't make somebody feel crowded. You know, I, you know, the rules, girls, wait for him to call you, la la. Like, you don't have to be that conscious, half-conscious about it. You don't have to be that self-conscious about it. But you do want to, like, be considerate. You want to demonstrate that dating you doesn't mean you're with somebody who's a needy basket case 24 hours a day and you're never going to have a moment's peace or time to yourself. And you right. prove that by sometimes going, oh, I want to call him, but I just called him two hours ago. Or I want to call him and tell him something or hang out tonight, but he said that he had a lot of work to do, so I'll just send him an email saying... You know you have a lot of work to do thinking of you to see it soon, right? That that's not those aren't playing games. That's being considerate. Yeah. But I mean, you I, need to relax about the fact that this relationship might not work out. Even yeah. if, even if you behave yourself I mean, perfectly. That's true. It would suck a lot though. No, it wouldn't. No. How old are you? How old are you? I'm twenty three. Okay, you'll have other relationships. <laughs> Very few people at 23 are dating the person they're going to be with at 83 or 63 or 43 or 33 or 24. So you need to enjoy it for what it is for however long it lasts. And if it lasts all your life, great. If it lasts, you know, six months and you meet a whole bunch of his friends and you make some new friends and, you know, you guys emerge with, you know, a friendly relationship, even if you're not with each other romantically all your lives, great. 
Because every relationship yeah. you're ever going to be in is going to fail until one doesn't. And you don't know which one that is until you're in it and it doesn't fail. So just like yeah, but- take a deep breath. Don't, re- don't regard like the potential failure of this relationship as so terrifying a prospect that it makes you act like a crazy bitch or it paralyzes you. Yeah, that's true. No, I, I mean, I totally get that. And, like, I definitely have relaxed in the last couple of weeks. I mean, I've been talking to, you know, some friends that, you know, aren't here with me, but they're, you know, over the phone or whatever. But um, I guess just in any relationship, it's hard to, I mean, he obviously wants to spend time with me. It's just... Uh, so trust that. He obviously wants to spend time with me, so I don't need to be a crazy bitch to make him prove it, because he's proving it by spending time with you. Yeah. And you need to, like, accept that the worst-case scenario is that he reaches a point where he no longer wants to spend time with you. If that happens, that happens. It'll, that's likelier to happen if you're being a crazy bitch and you're <laughs> treating him at every moment like he could leave you at any moment. Uh, and you can't, you can't behave that way. You know, if you right. want it to go on, you have to, you know, presume that it's good and it's going to last as long as it lasts. But you also need to accept that if it doesn't, if he's not the one or if he decides you're not the one he wants to be with, not the end of the world. There's 3.5 billion other guys on the planet <laughs> and you're only 23 and you have plenty of time. Yeah. And you're fun, right? Oh, yeah, I think I'm fun. <laughs> and you're a good time when you're not being a crazy bitch, Right. Yes, yes, definitely. So there'll uh-huh. be other guys if this guy doesn't work out. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. <laughs> definitely, yes. Definitely. For sure. Yes. Do you have a vagina? <laughs> yeah, well, attractive do you, men... Wait, no, answer the question. Answer the question. <laughs> yes, do you, I do. Yes, I do. And it's wonderful and it's gorgeous and it works very well. Then there will be other guys. Definitely <laughs> other guys. I know. The problem has never been that there has not been a constant stream of men. Trust me. It's just <laughs> that um, they, they are never always wonderful. That's the problem. Okay, so. well, he's wonderful and you're really into him. And so you, you know what you do now? You say to him at some point, you keep hanging out with him, and you say to him... I really dig you. You're really wonderful. Sometimes I feel like, oh, my God, he's so wonderful. I worry that it's going to end. And those moments I get a bit like crazy bitch. And I apologize in advance. And if it happens, I apologize in advance. Just want to inoculate you against my crazy bitch episodes. They're really rare. But if they happen, you know, ignore me or say, stop being a crazy bitch. Let's go get a pizza. And then I'm going to put my penis in your vagina and we're going to cement our bond. Right. Okay, it's just the telling him, you know, that I like him and that I, you Tell know, him that you like him. That and you don't know if you should say it too much or too loudly or, you know, you don't want to scare them away. So. You don't want to scare them away. So what you do is you say, I don't want to scare you away, but I just feel, like what I feel right now is I really want to say, I really dig you and I like spending time with you. Don't yeah. be scared. Let's go get a pizza and then come back and you can put your penis in my vagina. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Yes. Good luck. Give us a call. Give us an update. Okay. Thank you so much, Dan. Bye. Hi, Dan. Uh, I'm calling about the girl in uh, episode 208 who um, was calling about her boyfriend who was resentful and uh, unhappy, it seems. And your advice to her and was that she should get out of the relationship or that the relationship is ending, that he's, his actions are the result of him wanting out. And yeah, that might be true, but why does he want out? 
that's the deeper question. What are his resentments about if that's true? And why does he want out of the relationship? And if in any long-term relationship, it needs to be, those things need to be dealt with. So she needs, she should go to therapy with him and find out what that's about. Um, I've been in relationship with a woman for 12 years, married for nine. I was resentful and angry and I wanted out more than once. And I did all those things that her boy, she said her boyfriend was doing. We stuck through it, um, for a lot of reasons. Um, but now we're in a deeper, more happier place than we've ever been. And happiness isn't all about just your partner making you happy, blah, blah, blah. A relationship is about sharing those experiences and going through stuff together and getting to the root of what, who each person is. And then if in the end it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But man, you tell people to split up just like that. And it's, it, she needs to stick with it. If she loves him as much as she says she does, and it seems like he loves her, then they need to stick through it together and see what happens. Hi, Dan. Uh, this is Ray calling from China. And I just wanted to say that you inspired me to stop being so lazy and to come out to my family on National Coming Out Day. And I was really scared. Um, I also went to Catholic high school. And they could not have taken it better. Literally could not have taken it better. Um, they had been complete pros about it. Um, to the point of my mom making sure to tell me that she was informed and non-judgmental. So it looks like I might not be having to do that myself, which is great. Um, and I'm really glad that I have been so violently kicked out of the closet because this feels great. Hi, Dan. I'm a science graduate student, and for reasons beyond my control, I had to spend my entire day today watching fruit flies try to get it on in little glass chambers. I've been here in the lab for the past 13 hours, watched and scored 156 pairs of fruit flies have or attempt to have sex, and listened to 21 Savage Love podcasts. Taking in all that advice you dispense from episodes 1 through 21 of the podcast, in my fruit fly courtship-induced delirium, I started to think of sex advice for fruit flies. Here it is for the benefit of your underserved fruit fly listenership and who knows, maybe some people might find it helpful also. Okay. If you make a copulation attempt on a girl without following her around for a while first, your ass is going to get rejected. You can sing to a lady all day, but it's going to get you nowhere unless you have the balls to get in there and do a little tapping and licking. And finally, if you find yourself in a little glass-top ceramic well with a virgin female, you might as well get it on because you've only got 10 more minutes to live. Hope that's helpful, and Dan, thanks again for bringing a whole bunch more sex, be it gay, straight by, or dolphin, into this long day I've spent in the lab. All right, we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. Call, record a question or a comment for a future show, or you can even ask for my advice about sexy, sexy Halloween costumes. Too many sexy nurses. I want to see some sexy... Tech Savvy at Risk Youth. You too can dress up as one of the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth. You don't know what they look like. Only I know what they look like. But you can picture one and attempt to dress up as one. Tech Savvy at Risk Youth would be honored if you went out on Halloween as a Tech Savvy at Risk Youth. 
and sent us a picture, which I would then post to the blog, slog.thestranger.com, where I blog every day and you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day, or you can get the Savage Love iPhone app and read it on your very own phone. 206-201-2720. That's the number. Give us a call. Me and the Tech Savvy at Risk Youth. We'll be back at you next week. Another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for blubbering. 